Welcome to First Bite, our Pride of Detroit midweek preview podcast for your Detroit Lions. My name is Jeremy Rice and I'm the editor-in-chief of Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me as always is my co-host for First Bite, Ryan Matthews, senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm, I wish I was feeling as chipper as you are. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm turning it on a little bit. Let's be honest. I'm, <laughs> the first week was a, a little bit of a drag, but you know what? We, the lines picked things up and, and made the game at least entertaining. And uh, this week should be even more entertaining, maybe for worse reasons, maybe for better reasons. Who knows? Lions, Packers, Monday night football, a uh, normally not a great place for the Lions to perform. Uh, I feel like the last time they played in Lambeau on Monday night football, bad things happened. Um, but We'll, we'll, we won't get into that. We'll talk about what happened last week because that was a little more fun on the Packers side. And to talk about that sort of stuff, we have our good buddy, Evan Tex Western from Acme Packing Company, the managing editor over there. You can find him at Tex Western on Twitter. Tex, how you doing, buddy? Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm just going to prefer to not think too much about last Sunday because uh, at least you guys got an entertaining game to watch. Our, our game was not remotely entertaining in the slightest for <laughs> Packers fans. But uh, no, outside of that, life is great. You know, Brewers are in first place. Bucks just won the championship. So Wisconsin sports fans, the, the triangle has flipped a little bit of, of Wisconsin <laughs> sports. Normally it's the Packers kicking butt at the top and and the Brewers and Bucks are are stinking it up at the bottom. But we're everything's flipped on its head. It's It's bizarre world this year. How, how terrible of you to only have one good sports team at a time. And now, now two, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, to, to punish you for that, we're going to, we're going to start <laughs> with week one. And I want you to tell me everything wrong that happened. And if you could speak, speak a little slow for me. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, yeah, what there, there's a lot, it's going to be a lot shorter list to go through what went right, because <laughs> that list pretty much consists of our new punter looks pretty good. And Mason Crosby hit his only field goal attempt <laughs> just about everything. Well, okay. The one other positive was that Elton Jenkins looked really, really good filling in for David Bakhtiari at left tackle. But yeah, outside of that, everything else basically went to crap in that game. Um, the game script completely got away from the Packers because the defense was just sitting on roller skates the entire game. Um, they were getting blown off the, the the ball at the line of scrimmage by the Saints' offensive line, and there was just there was no no hope when you run 12 plays basically through the first 29 minutes of the game and you're sitting down 17 to nothing. Um, at that point, you haven't even gotten into your game script. You haven't really gotten out of the scripted portion of, of your offense. And, you know, that at that point, there's, there's no running game. There's no um, there, there's you're, you're in just such a situation where you've got to sit back and throw the ball already. Um, you know, just before halftime, because you're down three scores. So that I think was the, the big, the biggest problem was the defense just got gassed early, um, couldn't get off the field. And then that left the offense to, you know, really did it, it. It took a little bit to get going. And that was, you know, that was basically all she wrote for, for the Packers on Sunday. Well, let me, let me ask you, uh, obviously the question on everyone's mind is how much of that is real. How much of that is, is the Saints being good? How much of that is just a bad week and, and you can toss it away. Was there anything in this game that you came in fearing and then maybe this kind of made you feel like maybe that was a, a good re- good thing to fear that, w- that, that was maybe a, a legitimate concern you had with this team? 
Yeah, I think everybody was a little hesitant about the defensive coordinator hire. Lions fans who've yeah. been around for a while know Joe Barry and, yep. and know not to uh, know what he did in 2008. And so there was a lot of trepidation among Packers fans about him and his defense. And there certainly wasn't any signs that that, that hesitance was was unfounded, right? Right. Um, I mean, giving up 38 points in your first game. Um Again, I, I don't know how much of that we can really put on Barry, and that's part of par- partially just because, again, the front front seven was getting blown off the line of scrimmage. Everybody not named Kenny Clark was getting pushed back two and three yards from from the line on every single play, and so I don't know that we have really any idea truly what this defense is or what it can be. But against a kind of you know downhill running team like like the Saints. Um, that that was a major major problem, and I have some very strong concerns about that unit moving forward. Would you feel, Tex, that those are your long term effects that you're most worried about when it comes to this team? Yeah, it's definitely the defense. I'm not particularly concerned about the offense. Um, I know there's been some some talk today about how you know the the two two high safety looks have really stymied Aaron Rodgers in the past, and and continue to do so. But that's the book. That's been the book on him since like 2015, mm-hmm. really, when Jordy Nelson was out and the Broncos put that blueprint out there. So it's not something that's brand new or or is new to defensive coordinators. Even it's a matter of finding a way to to control the game in such a way that you can roll those two safety looks out all the time, right. and and really contain the passing game. The 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 Packers running game has been so good. Um, the last two years under Matt LaFleur that it's been very easy for them to force teams out of those looks and go to, you know, bring a guy down in the box and, and go to a single high look. Um, and I think the best example of that was maybe the Rams game in the playoffs last year is they just beat them up with a run game in the first three quarters. And then they finally got the one big play action um, touchdown over the top in the fourth quarter to put the game away. So if they can do that, if they can, they can run the ball, um, control the clock a little bit better and just string, string out sustained drives early, like they did last season, you know, early in games, I think the offense will be just fine. And then that'll allow the defense to hopefully not be quite as gassed throughout the whole first half and, and maybe get a stop or two. Yeah. It, it's interesting looking at that saints game and, and yeah, I read the, the two single high or the, the two deep article uh, over on, what was it? Touchdown wire. One of the wires. So, yeah. Doug Farr, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to make that connection, especially here in Detroit, like new Orleans defense. We've got Aaron Glenn, we've got Dan Campbell, like maybe that's the game plan, but yeah, I think you're right. Like being able to stop the run first has to come first. And with that, let's talk a little bit more about the the Packers offense. And um, let's start a quarterback, I guess, because Aaron Rodgers is currently the lowest rated quarterback in in the league by (laughs) passer rating and QBR. And I just felt like I I had to say that on on audio. No, no, no. My, my, my stream broke up. Can you say that again one more time? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is the lowest rated quarterback in the league in QBR and passer rating. Wow. Um, Really? So, yeah. So my question to you, Tex, is, um, is he a deep agent now? Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) No, I, yeah, this, this whole off season has been such a mess, but 
No, he's he's the kind of guy who, when he goes on the field, doesn't matter. You know, he's he's going out to to fight with his his teammates, his his coaching staff. And the issue with him is obviously, and you guys you guys know this. It's with it appears to be with the front office. So um, there's certainly no you know no latent anything that I think is going to at least consciously affect anything in the football field. You know, he there was a chance to to get right back in that game after halftime. Uh, the Packers drove down and and were down at the nine yard line or so. Um, you know, right after half to, to potentially make it a 17, 10 game. And then there's one blown block by a, a rookie interior lineman. Rogers apparently takes a shot to the nuts as he's releasing, releasing Dude, the football right? and gets, yeah, double nut shot as, <laughs> as he told Pat McAfee this week. Um, and uh, yeah. And then, you know, that, that the ball's way behind uh, Devonte Adams and gets picked off and, and that's basically game. So um, I, I thought he was, Again, the the whole offense was out of sync those first couple of drives, and then he he found a couple of nice plays before the half and looked like he was kind of putting it together. So, um, yeah, long term again, like I said, I'm yeah. not worried about the offense. So you're you're not buying any of the like, oh, the offseason drama affected Emory. Didn't you know he didn't train with the team? He didn't go to OTAs. That sort of stuff affecting him. No, and and this is his third year in the offense. So from that perspective, it's not like he needed the reps mentally or anything like that. Uh, you know that. that this this isn't changing that much, and if anything, it was probably good for us to get Jordan Love those reps for for the team in yeah. in OTAs and things to to kind of see what what the team has there. Um, so no, I don't buy that. I'm not. I'm also not really a believer that starters or or you know 17 year veterans need preseason snaps either. Um, I don't really buy that argument that's been thrown out there a lot too. Um, I think it was just an, an unfortunate slow start on offense that was compounded by a terrible defensive performance in the first half. And it just, like I said, the game script got away from the team and the Packers have shown that if you can force them to pass early and commit to the pass and get away from the run, um, that's when things just go completely haywire and, and you have a really good chance of beating them. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, touched on it, but I, I, I think the offensive line maybe maybe the focus of this game, um, you know, that the Packers had with the Saints because you know you talk about some of the shuffling that happened along that offensive line. You know, Elton Jenkins has to kick out to tackle because of Bakhtiari's injury. You know, the, the guy was such a you know good guard last year was a Pro Bowl guard, um, and then as you mentioned, uh, you know, the Packers have to start uh, Royce Newman at guard yep. um, instead. So I mean. Do you think that some of that shuffling is probably more so to explain for, you know, some of the, you know, breakdowns in protection or maybe the inability for the Packers to really establish a run game like they wanted to? Yeah, I, I think in general, the the offensive line, I think, played better than people or some people gave it credit for. Um, I, I thought at first, yeah, at first glance, I thought that it was a rough game for the line. But on a rewatch and looking through some of the numbers, they actually pass block relatively well um they didn't get a whole lot of push in the run game and that's where jenkins being on the interior really helps is because he's a great run blocker on the inside but at the same time the packers run so much outside zone that you know how much do you really need that that big push sure. in the power game um so it, it, I, I don't know how much that that really affects the you know the, the continuity on the offensive line is obviously you know a big factor in terms of the general play of, of a unit um, but again, they've still got four, four of the five starters back from last year um, with Bakhtiari out. They're just you know, a couple of them are in a little bit different places. I'm sorry, three of the five with Lindsley yeah. being gone. I, I, I just, I, I thought, all right, Ohio State center, replace him with another one. And <laughs> I just brain farted there for a second, but he I had a, just he moving had on from game. the best center in the league. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's true. It's, it's three out of five guys. A couple of them are in different spots. Um, 
but no, they, they played relatively well. I think um, they were just the, the mistakes that did happen were at very unfortunate times, like the, the blown block by Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, like just not being able to really establish much in the, in the run game early. So I, again, I think I, I, I wonder what would have happened to be honest with you, if the Packers had won the, or had, had lost the coin toss and new Orleans had deferred and green Bay got the opening kickoff because I wonder if that almost completely changes the, the trajectory of the game, just because you know, green Bay gets on offense first, even if they don't go down and score, um, you know, maybe it just breaks up the the flow of that first half a little bit differently and keeps them in the game a little bit longer. I want to talk a little bit more about the running game. I know we didn't get a, a, a great look at it. Only 15 carries in that game. They obviously mm-hmm. had to move away from it pretty quickly. Uh, we can relate. Uh, but you know, not, not a very promising performance for, from Aaron Jones, but I thought AJ Dillon looked pretty good in that game. Um, is there, is, is what's a, what's a split going to be like in, in going forward? Is it going to be more of a 50, 50 split or, uh, or is that just kind of the way the game played out? Yeah, that was just, you know, those first couple drives, I think you saw Jones took most of the snaps in the first series. Dylan came out for a little bit in the second series. I honestly think it'll be a lot. Uh, it'd be very similar to how the Packers used Jones and Jamal Williams last year, yeah. more of like a 60, 40 split, you know, 60, 65, 35 ish. Um, and then sprinkle a little bit of, of Kylan Hill in there um, for a couple of snaps too. So um, Jones is still the guy. I mean, they, they, they signed him to a, a new four-year contract right. this off season. So they certainly believe in him as, as the all around back, but um kind of like Williams Dylan provides a, a real good change of pace. And um, I think his, his receiving abilities are, are underrated. And I think you're going to see them, you know, not be afraid to use both of those guys in the passing game as well, uh, both as blockers and as receivers. So looking forward to, to seeing how, um, how that moves forward when, you know, the team is actually able to establish the run and stick with it a little bit, because both of those guys are, are really fun to watch. Um, and, and yeah, Dylan is just a battering ram and it's, he's, he's, he had a couple of games this preseason where, um, I mean, he was, he was dragging three, four tacklers, five, six yards down the field. Um, so he, he's, he's going to be a fun one, I think for, for a little, a couple of years to come. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's what you get to do when you got thighs that look that good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at the Packers wide receiver in court, you know, it, it's usually Devonte Adams and then everybody else. Right. And, yeah. I mean, look at that Saints game, and maybe it was just because, you know, things got so out of whack in, in such a hurry. But, I mean, 10 different receivers caught a pass. Um, do you really see this being uh, a trend going forward, or do you think that, you know, Randall Cobb only one catch for 32 yards? Does it seem like in the grand scheme of themes, maybe he was really worth the temper tantrum that <laughs> Aaron Rodgers threw this offseason for the guy? Or or do you, do you see those two guys like Adams and Cobb being like the, the two leading receivers in Green Bay? No, honestly, Cobb only played maybe three or four snaps while Rodgers was in the game. Um, It was all Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Alan Lazard at at receiver for really the first three quarters. You didn't see much of Cobb. You didn't see any of Amari Rodgers or Malik Taylor. Basically, they made wholesale substitutions on on offense at about – the 10 minute mark when it was, when it went to 38 to three. So they brought the, the whole basically second team unit in on offense. So um, no, if you're asking me if Cobb was worth it, well, it didn't really cost anything. Um, I mean, it cost what a sixth round, sixth round draft pick. So, right. okay, fine. Which um, I don't understand. Like the Houston <laughs> Texans had the, 
but they had the Packers nuts in a vice grip. Like I don't get how that works. <laughs> it it does at least still help them a little bit to get out from under that contract. So I, I it, it's sort of a win win for everybody. But I, yeah. I understand what you mean. You know, hold out for a fifth round pick or something. Yeah, yeah something but, a little yeah. extra. But no, I. I I, I was surprised at how little he did play early in the game. Cobb did, mm-hmm. um, especially because the the Packers have talked about how nice it is to have him back as sort of a more traditional slot receiver um, because they haven't had that guy on the team for the last couple of years. Yeah. But again, I think that also could have been a game script issue, a game situation issue where some of the things they might've used him on, you know, he had a, he had one of those jet sweeps um, that the Packers love to use in again, late in the fourth quarter. Um, I think you probably see some of that early on in the game if, if it's a competitive game, but instead they had to go to the downfield passing attack. So it was trying to target MVS down the field um, in again, in double coverage with, with two high safeties and, you know, you're kind of stuck. So I, that, that 10 receiver thing is definitely misleading because I think four of those guys didn't come in and play really at all until, um, until Jordan love and the backups came in in the fourth quarter. Uh, last thing I want to touch on with the offense is, is tight end, which is kind of an interesting position for the Packers. Cause they've got a yeah. lot of them. Uh, Robert Tunyon, obviously he had a breakout year last year. They got Mercedes Lewis, uh, Josiah DeGuara, uh, their third round pick last year, but suffered a concussion in the last game. Not sure if he's going to play. Um, what, what's, how do they use these guys and, and which guys should, should Lions fans be worried about on, on Monday? Yeah. Um, they, they do each kind of play, a a different position. Um, Mercedes Lewis is still the classic in line tight end on the end of the line Um, blocker. You'll get him leaking out a little bit on some play action passes. He actually fun fact. uh, He might be the slowest guy on the team lineman (laughs) included, but he led the Packers in yards after the catch on Sunday, (laughs) um, which was exciting because he had, I think one play off a play action where he picked up about 10 yards. Um, Tanyan is more of the, 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 the move tight end kind of guy, he'll, he'll be kind of split back off the, off the wing. Um, he does a lot of the the work in the passing game um, as a receiver and then Deguara and kind of his backup, Dominic Daphne are both kind of the same type of player. They're more the H back. Um, they'll line up at fullback quite a bit and um, you'll see them kind of move all around the formation. So they like to run those guys. Um, like I said, kind of a de facto fullback and, and get them, kind of catching passes and, and blocking out of the backfield. So uh, definitely a, a very, um, a varied skill set for those four players. Um, and they all kind of, you know, fit into the offense in different ways, but I know they, they really see DeGuara as being like the Packers version of Kyle use for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was kind of what they drafted him to, him to be last year. And then he missed most of last year with a torn ACL. So there's a lot of excitement around the team in, in what he can bring. Um, didn't play a whole lot on Sunday before he got concussed. So we'll see if again, game situation maybe gets, uh, gets him on the field a little bit more this uh, Monday night. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to tackle that Packers defense that looks so, so bad on yeah. Sunday and, and maybe bring a little hope to Detroit because uh, we could use a little bit of that as well. So stick around. We'll be right back on first bite. And we are back here on First Bite with a good friend, Tex Western from Acme Packing Company, talking about Lions, Packers, 
week two Monday night football preview. Let's talk about that Packers defense uh, led by our good friend, Owen 16, Joe Barry. Um, do we, do we have to? Yeah. Yes, we absolutely <laughs> okay. do. We have to talk about everybody's favorite son-in-law. <laughs> let, let me start with it. So I don't remember if it was you that I was talking to. There was someone I talked to about the Packers either last year or the year before I asked them, why does the run defense suck so bad? And their answer was it's supposed to, they don't really care. They're, they're, they care more about the pass defense. They, they see the yards on the ground and they're just fine with it. I call bullshit. Tell, tell me, tell me, tell me that that's, that seems like bullshit. I think there was some truth to that uh, under Mike Pettin. Okay. Mike Pettin was always the, we want to limit explosive plays in the passing game guy. That was, yeah. that was his mantra. He always played light. He played more nickel and dime than any other defensive coordinator in, in the NFL. Um, and Joe Barry didn't do that on Sunday. He played a lot of base defense, um, and it just flat out didn't work. I mean, that's the, that was the, the long and short of it was, I mean, you're playing basically three defensive tackles on the field. You've got two defensive ends, essentially outside linebacker, edge rusher guys. Um, and he's bringing four on every play. Um, and what ended up happening was that the Packers got gashed off the edge, um, a fair amount uh, in, in that game by the, the saints running game. Um, I don't know exactly what adjustments they're going to be able to make, but again, it's, this is definitely a, they still want to limit the explosive plays, but they're definitely going to play a lot bigger than they used to under Petten um, and, and stick in base a lot more. And I think they only played like two snaps of dime the entire mm-hmm. game on like the two times they actually got the, the saints in like a third and long. So um, I think that philosophy is is different now under Barry than than it was under Pettin, but I do think it was a legitimate thing for Pettin. Well, I want to I want to stick on on the run defense for a while here because I feel like this is this is probably the Lions' path to sticking yep. in this game and, and yep. potentially winning it. Agree. Um, and you know, Lions run run offense was actually quite good in in the opener. You got Kenny Clark back, so you have to imagine that's going to help the unit a lot. Where where was the vulnerability on on Sunday? It was the other defensive line positions. Um, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster were not getting any semblance of penetration or really anchoring the point of attack, which is what what they're supposed to do. They're they're not, especially Lancaster, isn't really a penetrator. He's not a pass rushing guy, but he was getting he was getting blown off the ball, um, and that was that it, it was execution. I think pure and simple. It was just they got outworked and and pushed down the field by that that offensive line. Um, Clark is, is always going to be the anchor of this group. Um, and he is by far the, you know, the best player and, and showed it on Sunday. He was, um, he was in on a handful of plays, but um, yeah, if you can attack Lowry and, and Lancaster and those other linemen, um, that's, that's where to go because the Packers really have not invested on the defensive line in several years, uh, which is surprising considering Ted Thompson and Ron Wolf were always talking about, you know, you've got to find the rare big guys. Packers haven't used a day one or day two pick on the defensive line since 
Thompson stepped down and Gutekunst took over as GM and for 2018. Uh, I think it's been two fifth round picks and that's basically it since then. So I think um, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing more of Jack Heflin. He's a undrafted lineman out of Iowa uh, who made the team this year and, and looked really good in the preseason. I'm hoping they give him, they, they make him active for this game because they definitely need an extra body there who, who could hold up in the run game. And I think that's maybe his role. Um, but play him in the Tyler Lancaster role. He, he gives you everything Lancaster does, um, plus maybe a little bit more pass rushing ability. Um, so that that was the biggest vulnerability um, was just that line getting manhandled. Yeah, and obviously I, th- I think part of, um, you know, obviously the Packers' struggles on Sunday was the turnovers, right? And yep. the, you know, Saints getting set up in such advantageous field position because you look at Jameis Winston's stat line and it's one of the most bizarre stat lines I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) 14 of 20 for 148 yards and five touchdowns. He had four touchdowns that like totaled 22 yards. Like, (laughs) I mean, everything was like these, you know, these red zone plays where admittedly like Winston was doing his job. He was, you know, maneuvering in the pocket and stepping up and he, he was making some good plays, but when it comes to this Packers secondary is, is it, are there concerns beyond, you know, you have a lockdown corner in Jair Alexander, like are, are there concerns that, that are more lasting with, with that passing defense? There are two words that strike fear into the hearts of Packers fans. And those words are Kevin King. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw you. I say you mouthed it, Jeremy. You I knew exactly it. I knew where it. I was yep. going. <laughs> um, he he only gave up. He was only targeted twice in the game against the Saints, but one was like a 15 yard gain where he was playing 20 yards off uh, the receiver who ran a comeback route and was you know had six or seven yards of separation. The other one ended up a, a 55 yard touchdown when he just couldn't stay with Deontay Harris. Um, there is no reason why he should be getting more snaps than Eric Stokes, the Packers first round pick at, at this point. Um, he, he sure he's a veteran guy. He has played some decent football in the past when he has been healthy. He also missed two or three weeks of training camp with an injury and um, clearly is, is not the guy he was in 2019 when he actually had a halfway decent season. So at this point, yeah, we're, we're firmly on the, get Eric Stokes' ass in the lineup and and pull Kevin King off the field um, as as soon and as, as much as possible because I think the, the thought process is Stokes can't be worse at this point. Is it, Has there been any sort of indication from the coaching staff that they might go that direction? There hasn't been anything this week. Um, the fact that, that King basically played every snap when the game was still in in any semblance of contention. I think Stokes played the two snaps when the team went to dime and on one of those two, he broke up a pass on a third down. So like give the guy a little bit more run here. I think you've got to, um, to see what you've got at least. And, and this, you know, all, all due respect to the lions receiving core. This is the game to do it because right. you know, you're, you're going to give him some reps against uh, a talent a talent pool. There is the lions receiving core that uh, is not what he's going to say, see, say against San Francisco or uh, some of the teams, the backers have coming up on the schedule. Tex, yeah. Do you, do you know three of the lions wide receivers? <laughs> um, I think, yeah. Yes, I do because there are three with Packers connections. Oh, uh, a- Amon Ross St. Brown is yep. Equinemius St. Brown's brother. Yep. Okay. Um, 
Quintus Cephas, I guess he doesn't have a Packers connection, but he's a Wisconsin, Wisconsin guy. Yep. Yes. And uh, I saw they just re-signed Geronimo Allison to the practice squad. Mm, I don't know. Is practice squad count? Is that, is that iffy? There's some, there's some guy I heard they, some Trinity Benson, apparently Yay, is the name of a yeah. human being. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't believe that when I saw it this week. <laughs> Very but. upset that they didn't sign him in time for, to make my my annual name bracket. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's uh yeah, obviously uh, Tyrell Williams's availability is is oh, in that's question, right, he's there too. But he he got a concussion in in, in week one and and didn't yeah. practice today, so he might not be out. Which means yeah, you're facing a bunch of guys that you can you kind of have to read off a, a page to remember. So uh, should be an interesting matchup there. Um, the one guy that we almost are certain is going to play and is going to play a big part in the Lions passing game is TJ Hawkinson. Um, how are the Packers been, I guess, in recent memory uh, in terms of block or um, covering tight ends? And and do you, do you have someone at that safety or, or linebacker level that that's good at it? Well, they, they think very highly of Devondre Campbell, the free agent linebacker, the Packers signed this off season, um, who was, I think in Arizona last year and started out in Atlanta. Um, they they've talked a lot about his coverage ability, but then you go look, look back at the, the numbers from his time in Arizona and Atlanta, and they're not very good. So I, I think you'll see a lot of him trying to cover Hawkinson. I don't know how successful that will that will work out. Um, Adrian Amos is probably the the next guy um, who you'll probably see on him quite a bit. And Amos is is a very solid cover safety um, as well as a, a being good in run support. So those are the two guys I think you'll probably see on him quite a bit. Um, the other thing is that based on what we've seen from from the Packers in Week One under Barry, you'll probably see a little bit of of an outside linebacker on. Um, a tight end or, or even covering a, a slot receiver in zone coverage on occasion, um, which doesn't get us excited at all. Um, especially when it's Preston Smith, cause he had some issues in that area last year, but um, yeah, that, that's, that's not something I'm, I'm looking forward to, but I think we'll, we'll probably see a little bit of that, but um, you'll see Amos. You might even see a little bit of Chandon Sullivan, the nickelback too. Um, but I would be surprised if Hawkinson, you know, did not have a pretty, a pretty good day uh, receiving uh, because the Packers have been known to um, struggle pretty, pretty mightily against very good receiving tight ends in the past couple of years. Yeah. And, and when it comes to the Packers pass rush, right, it's, it's been, you know, Preston Smith, it's been Zadarius Smith like that. Those have been the two, the two names that have been, you know, hallmarks of, of what the Packers have been able to do the past couple of years. Um, when, when, when those guys can't get home, is that problems for the Packers defense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's it, especially because again, there's not much behind those guys and or Rashawn Gary coming off the edge and Kenny Clark yeah, up yeah. the middle. Um, so, and Gary actually rushed pretty well on Sunday against the saints. I think he had like four hurries or, or quarterback hits in like 16 pass rushing snaps. So that'll, that'll do reasonably well, but he lost contain on one or two of those as well and gave up some, some first downs to Winston on the ground. Um, so rush lane integrity, I think is also a challenge. Um, if, if you have a quarterback who can take advantage of it, I don't, I don't see Jared Goff as being a particularly uh, an, an overly mobile guy. Um, he certainly wasn't the last time the Packers saw him in the wild card round. Um, but... Not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think um, 
the 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 challenge is going to be collapsing the pocket from the interior. Um, the the best the best interior pass rusher the Packers have is Zadarius Smith when they put him at a three tech position on third third down on passing situations, and then they put Preston Smith and, and Gary off the edge. So that's where it's got to come from. Um, and I think uh, I, I think if if the Packers don't start to get a little bit better pass rush productivity from those guys than they had in week one or even much of last season. Um, the, the pass defense just in general is going to struggle um, throughout this year again. Should be an interesting matchup with the Lions offensive line playing pretty well, although obviously I think their their biggest weakness is over there on the right side where they're expected to start Matt Nelson again, converted defensive lineman. Uh, I'm curious if they'd ever decide to switch that up and maybe throw Vitae out there, but I don't think we're going to see it right away. Um, anyways, uh, so that's, that's a defense. We already talked about the offense. It's prediction time, and we don't like to do the, the normal score prediction, win prediction. We like to do something we call the one thing we think we know about this matchup, where you just give a prediction about one thing you think is going to happen in this game. As always, I'm going to give it to Ryan first to show Tex how it's done. Uh, I don't. Do you remember how you did last week, Ryan? I don't remember what you predicted. I did bad. Mm. Um, I, I said that TJ Hawkinson would get locked up and he would only have like oh. two catches. I, I think this is just residual Kyle Pitts. You know, it might be. I think that's what that was. Yeah, I think I'll stay away from the tight ends this week. <laughs> Here's where I'll go instead. I like what the Lions did on the ground last Sunday against a 49ers defense that, for all intents and purposes, should be pretty good against the against a, an opposing ground game. I think that the Lions are going to keep this one close. And because they're going to keep things close, I'm going to say that the Lions have 170 rushing yards. Ooh. That would get the I, people going. I, I see a repeat performance, but I also see Green Bay being able to obviously kind of have their way in the passing game. They're probably going to get back to some normalcy with that. Um, so I, I, I see the Lions being able to keep up with the Packers just by having a, a strong ground game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 170 yards, and I'm going to say the leading rusher, close your ears, Tex, is going to be Jamal Williams. <laughs> What a treat he's been already, by the way. Uh, just You're even off, off the field, just <laughs> so much fun. Just not he, even as a football player, like just a human being. Yeah. What a fun yeah. dude. He's joined our podcast twice. That's how much fun. Before he even played a single game with us. I uh, think we actually had him on our podcast like the week after he got drafted, and he was just a joy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Tex, your turn. What's the one thing you think you know about Lions, Packers, Monday Night Football? Well, you kind of took the wind out of my sails there. I was also going to say something about the the Lions running game having a lot of success, and um, I, I thought about I thought about going with something Williams related too. What I think I'm going to go with is I, I think I know there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, and I'm looking at right now the over under is set at about 48, which seems very low to me given what I saw out of the Packers defense last week, um, given the the game that the Lions played against San Francisco, which pretty good defense out there that, that the Lions were able to, to put a 30 spot on. So yeah, 48 seems way, way low to me. Um, I'll be, I'll be very surprised if, um, if this game ends up under that number. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I, I'm going to be the third person in here to jump in and say, I was going to say something about the running game. I was going to say <laughs> something crazy, like 350 total rushing yards in this game between both teams. Um, and maybe, maybe that's what I'll stick with because, I don't I, I 
to be honest, I don't even want to think about Aaron Rodgers versus Lions secondary right now. Obviously, no Jeff Okuda. Obviously, they're going to start Amani Owari and probably a rookie in Ifatu Melifano. The Lions still have two open roster spots as of this recording uh, on their 53-man roster, and no one has any idea what they're going to do with it. It sounded like it was going to be Quentin Dunbar that they were going to add, and then they didn't. Um, so we'll see there. Um, so yeah, I'll stick with 350 r- rushing yards total in this game. Also, but also like things could get very, very ugly in terms of Aaron Rodgers coming back from one of the worst games of his career against a, just a, a secondary that is young and uh, inexperienced and not playing particularly well right now. Um, so that, that could be bad. <laughs> That's all one, I got. <laughs> one thing you think, you know, I think it can be bad. I, th- I think it could be bad. I think it could be bad. Uh, all right, Tex, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'll give the floor to you before we head out here in terms of uh, maybe any sort of stuff we can read over there at Acme Packing Company and where we can find all that stuff. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, you, you can find us, obviously, acmepackingcompany.com, our Twitter account, at Acme Packing Co. Um, we've been adding a, a number of uh, new contributors this offseason. So uh, Justice Mosqueda has come on. Um, he's he's a, a brilliant football mind, um, has worked in scouting. He's worked for Bleacher Report. He worked in the XFL for a while while well, well, that was a thing. Um, so we're, we're thrilled to have him on board. Um, we're doing podcasts every weekday now. So uh, feel free to get uh, check out that. I'm trying to think if there's anything specific that we've done recently that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, if you want to if you want to see why the why we're so worried about the Packers defense, we've got a film study uh, piece right now talking about um, all the issues that the Packers had in that area. Um, so go go read that if you want to feel optimistic about the the Lions running game and, and their chances for putting up some points. But um, yeah, we're we're just. You know, trying to trying to make it through this last dance season and uh, try try not to lose our minds here at this point. Uh, it, it'll it, you know what it'll it'll be okay. With your 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 sorry little franchise <laughs> with your Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, All yeah. right, uh, let's end it there. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you, Tex, for joining us again. You can catch him at Tex Western on Twitter and check out everything over there. At Acme Packing Company. But until next time, thank you for Go joining back us. Go. Note Go to back self. Go. Wait, 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 wait. Note to self. <laughs> Even when life seems horrible, there's always alcohol. Cheers. <laughs>